listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining. Today, a new app for personal safety is launching here in Detroit. It's called Citizen, and it combines location information with 911 intelligence intended to keep you and your personal network of friends and family in the loop about what is going on at home and on the road. So will this app actually help Detroiters? And what are the social and privacy implications of this and other apps like it. Here to talk with us about Citizen is Ben Jealous. He is the former president of the NAACP and he is a social impact investor in Citizen. Ben, welcome to Detroit today. It's it's good to be with you, Stephen. Yeah. So let's start with uh, Detroit being the second Midwest city. Yeah. With the Citizen app. That's exactly. We. Why are we Why are we so blessed? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's. Uh... I think the only question is why we didn't come here first. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. That's right. Why are we second? <laughs> you know, I brought the app to to Baltimore um, last year. Mm-hmm. I've been invested in Citizen for four years. One of the first to invest in the company and made a huge difference in the life of Baltimoreans. Baltimore is like a smaller version of Detroit. Yes, yes. I lived in Baltimore for a very long time. Okay. So. Yes, and that's where my family's from. Yeah, and. The difference it made in our lives in Baltimore was all of a sudden, if there was a serious 911 uh, call in your area, you knew. And it made it easier to, to navigate life. I have a good friend who handles all the tech transfer for Johns Hopkins University. Mm-hmm. And, the, and when we downloaded her app, it popped up on her iWatch that her bank was being robbed. <laughs> and she said, you know, I was thinking about going to the bank in a few minutes. I think I'll go tomorrow. Maybe I won't, right. And, and that's the value of it. You know, in Baltimore, we require by law transparency on 911 calls. So historically, the last five years, six years in Baltimore, all 911 calls are put up online. You can access them on your computer about five hours after the right. incident. It just occurred to me one day, I was like, wouldn't it be more useful if we could do this in like two minutes? And that's what we do with Citizen, the founder of the company, had a similar idea, and we sort of met very early on, and uh, and so it, we bring transparency to not to serious nine one one calls in your ears. But two minutes after it goes out over the uh, the the scanner, it is put it uh, into our app. We filter out all the noise. It's just robberies, missing persons, shootings. Serious things that you should know. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how it works. Yeah. It's it's obviously looking at where I am at any given time and then pulling the calls that I would need to know about for my immediate safety. Right. Correct? So you give the app permission and, and, it, and, it, and it explicitly asks and we check back on that. Very transparent about that. We have two basic promises to the user. One is that your data will always be protected. We mm-hmm. will never share your data. You're not selling it. We're not selling it. There's right. a lot of apps, weather apps, game apps, that are notorious for selling your data to everybody. That's a big part of how they make money. We will never do that. We will never share your data. And the basic app, the app you see today, will always be free. Now, we may roll out other apps on this platform that we're building in the future that we may charge for, kind of niche services. Mm-hmm. But the basic app that helps everybody stay free, safe will always be free. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, talk about how it's worked in these other cities where you have it. What what has been the value to the citizens uh, who get this? Yeah, you know, it it has revolutionized finding missing persons. You know, as uh, just real talk, um, 
think a lot of us worry that if our kid goes missing, maybe mm-hmm. they may not get the attention that some other kids get. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a real concern as African Americans. It's and a it's a real concern. You it's go into real... neighborhoods here in Detroit; they will talk about the number of kids in particular who go missing, and there isn't a story on the news, for instance, no. about it. Twelve-year-old black girls in Baltimore prime target for sex traffickers. Yes. Like real talk. And I'm sure it's probably unfortunately similar here. They prey on people on the margin, and you know our color sort of identifies as a more likely to be on on the margin. Mm-hmm. Well, I've fallen in love with the app many times, and one of the times that that I kind of fell back in love was uh, Christmas time, 2018, holiday time, 2018. I stretch between New Year, between um, Thanksgiving and and in the Christmas holidays. A little boy named Messiah went missing in, in East New York. East mm. New York is is uh, kind of the poorest, most far flung neighborhood in Brooklyn, furthest from Manhattan. In Brooklyn, the poorest and the most violent. And a family had moved there. A mother and her three boys. She was fleeing a domestic violence situation in Arizona. She moved into a homeless shelter temporarily. She had a good job as a secretary, but you know. Affordable housing, especially for a family of four, can be hard to find in cities like Manhattan. So they were temporarily in a shelter. And she was learning how to navigate the subway system. And the nightmare of nightmares happens, which is the door closes and you look, and your two, two of your older sons are with you, and your baby boy's being led away by somebody else on oh, the platform, wow. and the, your train's taking off. Four hours later, a citizen user found that boy in lower Manhattan, which is only like five or eight miles away, but uh, a world away mm-hmm. from East New York. In an office building, a citizen user saw the boy's photo on the app walking down the hallway in their office building. He's like, why is he in my colleague's office? Okay, that's kind of creepy. Calls the police. Turns out their colleague had an open warrant for child sex abuse. Was trying to talk Messiah into going to McDonald's. Messiah was saying, my mama will beat you up if you take me to McDonald's. (laughs) Um, When the police rescued him, well, here's the thing. The police had never sent his photo to the media. We only had the photo in the app because we heard it go out over the scanner. We called NYPD. We requested the photo. We put it in the app. One of our users found him. Mm. That building where Messiah was found four hours after he went missing is just a couple of blocks from where a boy three or four decades ago was found butchered in a dumpster. The boy who inspired the placing of children on the back of milk cartons wow. when he went missing. Wow. A few weeks after that, it was an Asian uh, an Asian. American man, almost 100 years old, with dementia and a motorized wheelchair, found also in New York, two and a half miles from home, under a bridge on a cold night, about to die from exposure, uh, again by a citizen user. And so we have democratized finding missing persons in a powerful way. Fire departments fall in love with our app. Same with ER doctors, because they act as a, uh, as a, a radar for off-duty f- firefighters. Um, they can see if they need to report in quickly. Mm-hmm. And for ER doctors, a radar for incoming. They, in, in New York, one hospital did a study, found out that they find out 25 minutes earlier from citizen that people with injuries are likely headed towards their hospital than they do from EMS. Mm-hmm. They're able to manage their doctors better. Uh, but people who live in high-rise buildings again and again have found out from our app that there's a fire in their building when they haven't found out from the building because the alarm system's broken and the sprinkler system's broken and the fire department's not there yet. And, you know, it feels much better to be running out of the building uh, when the fire department's running in than mm. to have something pounding on your door with, a, with, an, with, an, with an axe. Mm. Uh, so those are some of the ways that yeah, change folks' lives. I also, has this changed the relationship between citizens 
in law enforcement as oh, well? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's in in all sorts of really powerful ways. And again, if you're interested in the app, you can go to citizen.com or you can go to the app store. You can go to Google Play and just type in You can citizen download app. it anywhere. I, yeah, yeah I, it, it pops right up. It yeah. works on every smartphone. You'll, mm-hmm. You know, it's free. Yeah, it's it's changed the relationship with law enforcement in a bunch of ways. I mean, one, it's empowered people in in the community, whether it is a a baby trapped in a car with the windows rolled up on a hot day, and 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 the alert goes out, and we've seen citizen users run out of like an office building, break open the window, and get the baby, and then hand it to the to the to the officers when they arrive, uh, or it's a missing person. It's empowered people to be much more useful in in helping to keep. Uh, each other safe. It's um, it's also made everything more transparent, and so, which is a real issue here in Detroit. Yeah, by the way. I, mean, I mean it's I mean, a little, the, the, the idea of us being able to know not just what's going on, but what the authorities are doing in response to it is an ongoing, really tense narrative in Detroit. Well, yeah, and let me tell you how show you how it can. I mean, there, there've been a couple of moments. We've been, we were created in New York. We've been in New York for four years. We've been in Baltimore for a year. So a lot of the anecdotes I have are from, are from New York. You know, we, uh, it was a, there was a moment at a, at a police community, kind of, you know, typical community policing town hall meeting. And uh, the police captain said, you know, I love this app because it helps me hold the, the, the community accountable. And uh, – all these advocates jumped up and said, what do you mean? It helps us hold you accountable. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You think it's working That's on us. We think it's working on you. That's the works, right? Yeah, yeah. But also there's times, and you got to, you know, my, I come from a law enforcement family, and you know, there are moments as a community person you see, and they, they offend you or you frustrate you, but then you also realize part of this is about imbalance of power. Part of this is just about imperfect flow of information. So we're... Uh, when a video is taken by somebody on the street, when they're live streaming, we see it back in the main office. We're mm-hmm. watching the office one day. Older black woman, Washington Heights, Upper Harlem, New York City, calls the police because she said that a restaurant owner threatened her with a knife. The police officers show up and treat her like she's the problem. Neighbors are watching on the Citizen app, high-rise, densely populated area. They walk out within three minutes and say, officer, I've known her since I was six years old. This is clearly somebody talking who's like 40. Mm-hmm. She's not crazy. You need to take the police report. Another person says that. And the police officer says, I apologize, ma'am. I should take the police report. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so and so that's kind of real-time transparency as a way of making community stronger. Yeah. Okay. Ben Jealous, former president of the NAACP, social impact investor in the Citizen app. Uh, uh, it was really great to have you here with us. Thank you. Thank you for uh, what you do. Talk a little bit about the investment that you're making here. Uh, we've got about 30 seconds. Yeah, you know, we have to invest in businesses that make our community stronger. Part of my mission since I left the national presidency of the NAACP is to help build companies that prove the thesis that we don't have to destroy communities to make money, Mm -hmm. that we can improve communities and still make money. Yeah. Okay. Great to have you here. Thank you. That's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will too. We're going to hear from Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist and Michigan Supreme Court Chief Justice Bridget Mary McCormick about their new recommendations to fix our broken criminal justice system here in Michigan. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk more tomorrow.